something that has been so strongly associated with, uh, it comes out of Luke, and, and, it, and it's always associated with Jesus being born. And we say a term like peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That's directly out of the King James in Luke. Okay, Peace on earth. This is what the angels, when the angels settle down to the shepherds, they settle down uh, into their, their pasture or whatever it is, and they began to sing. This is, this is what they sing. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now, I've thought about this a lot because um, there, there's... Jesus, Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, and, and he comes to bring peace on earth, but we haven't seen peace on earth. For 2,000 years, we haven't seen peace on earth. In fact, the last few hundred years, it's got worse and worse. There's just wars like crazy that, that are happening constantly. And so th- th- when Jesus steps into human form and he comes to the earth and he says, I'm going to give you peace. And this is one of the things I taught about Sunday, that this is one of the things that he, that he gives is peace. And it says peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Why has that not happened? If Jesus really is who he says he is, and, and he just by showing up, he brings peace, why hasn't that happened? One of the ways that I really began to process this and understand this was years ago, I was watching a, um, a um, uh, Miss America, uh, do you call it a competition? I don't know if it's pageant, Miss America pageant, we'll go with that. And uh, and one of the, the girls came out, and, you know, they all do their thing. They play music or sing or, you know, twirl a baton or whatever, you know, all the different things they do. And um, no matter which way I'm going, this sounds more misogynistic. But, but uh, so they do their thing, and then they give a little speech, and they talk. And, and it seems like almost every year there's at least a couple of these ladies that say that, that I would like to bring peace to the earth, right? I would like peace on the earth, and I would like to somehow figure out how to get peace on the earth. And here, this is an interesting thing, is that's an impossibility. It's actually impossible. If you, if you define peace on earth as nobody fighting, well, what about all the people that are being abused and, and sexually trafficked? And, but nobody's fighting. Nobody's warring. But, but these guys are gassing their own people, but nobody's warring. So is that what we, when we say peace on earth, do we just want nobody fighting? Because there's still a lot of people that are being horribly persecuted around the planet horribly so so that's not what we mean by peace on earth right do we want everybody to get along that's an interesting statement because that's even challenging like with you're going to find that difficult over the next few days everybody get along because there's different personalities different things going on everyone for me to say i would like everybody to get along what i'm saying is i want everybody to get along with me just let me do what I want to do the way I want to do, and then you just work around it. That's what, that's what getting along is. There's no way for everybody to get along because we all have different directions. We all have different desires. So when, when it says, when Luke says that Jesus came, and the angels declare this in song, that Jesus came to bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men, what is he actually talking about? Now, I mentioned Sunday that, um, that, that uh Peace goes beyond our natural understanding. Philippians 4, I didn't mention that Sunday, but Philippians 4 says that, our, that peace goes beyond our ability to understand in the natural human existence. That peace does not come from humanity. Um, John 14, 27, that I mentioned Sunday, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. The way you think, the way you feel. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So then Paul reiterates this in Philippians 4, and he says that the Holy Spirit will bring peace into our minds, the way we think, and our hearts, the way we feel, but it's in Christ Jesus, 
And there's the key. The first thing of this is that peace comes from being who God wants you to be. See, one of the things that I realized is that, that um, Jesus came to bring peace, but every one of us choose whether or not that is going to be in our life or not. Jesus doesn't force peace onto us. He didn't, he didn't the moment that he hits that manger mo- scene, it's not like peace wafted across the world and just, just like smoke encompassed everybody and everybody has peace. In fact, for me personally, I'm, I'm assuming that most of you hear this, even when you're a Christian, there are times when you recognize peace in your life and there are times when you recognize lack of peace in your life, even as a Christian. Because why? It really is dependent upon you and your decision, your decision at that moment. Do I really, do I want the peace of the Lord in my life? He says in Luke chapter 2 again, now this, <clears throat> this is in the New Living, and this gives us a little bit of understanding. The King James says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. New Living says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So what pleases God? How, are, how is God pleased with us? Another way that Paul describes this is one we're, when we're covered with the blood of Jesus, we're made right with God, and that we are in relationship, and that is pleasing to God. That there is connection, that there is relationship. When we're separated from God, God still loves us, but he's not pleased with that. That's not how he designed us. It's not what he wants for us. It's not what he's got planned for our existence. And so when we're, when we're separated from him, he's not pleased. When we're connected with him, we're letting the blood of Jesus make us right with God, then he's pleased. So peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Now this sounds like Jesus is totally disagreeing with himself. Before he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you peace. In fact, he, um, he, he says that when he goes away, he's going to leave the Holy Spirit, and he's going to give us the gift of peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is one of the reasons that he goes away is so that we can have peace. And then he says, but, I, but don't think that I came to earth to bring peace. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Then the next few verses talk about how if you choose family over God, then you've chosen wrong. If you choose anything in life over God, then you've chosen wrong. And he says that there's going to be a, 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 a disconnect between you and certain things in life. And, and one of the things in the list is family. There's, there's um, uh, the way you want to live your life, your, your idea of God's plan. And he says, if you disconnect from me and join to those things, you don't have me. And he says it, it is even to the point where, you, in your mind, you've got to look at it like this. The way that you love God, the, the, the enormity with which you love God, would be the same as if you look at a relationship on this earth like family or something else. It would be the equivalent of you hating them because you love God so much. It doesn't mean you hate them, but in relationship to that, in context, that, that I'm going to completely give myself to God to the point where it would appear like everything else is not important. Because God is my everything. In the last verse of this little section, he says, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. 
that, that the first sentence he starts off is, I came to, to separate things. You think I came to bring peace to everybody. But he says, I didn't come to bring peace to everybody, but I came to bring peace. You say, well, is he schizophrenic? What's, why is there a disconnect? The reason is because it is completely based upon you. Completely 100%. John 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. The way you have peace is that you have peace in Jesus. There's going to be a lot of stuff, but you have peace in Jesus. In fact, in Philippians 4, where he says, I'm going to give you this peace that goes beyond your natural understanding. He says that it is for your, uh, in your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You can't have this peace in your mind. You can't have this peace in your heart unless you are in Christ Jesus. And this is the part where we as humanity just struggle so much. We have to make the decision. Do I believe? And again, I, I, I think it starts with all of this stuff. We talked about this uh, uh, last Wednesday night. It starts with all the reality of who Jesus is. When the scriptures say that Jesus was born the way he was born, he was born uh, of a virgin. He was, he was born in Bethlehem. He went to Egypt. He comes back to Nazareth. All these things. These, these look like little details, but this is, this, is the, this is the crux of really all of this is you have to decide whether you believe this or not. Do I believe that that little baby in that manger literally brings me peace? That not just at that moment as the baby in the manger, but who is that baby? That's God in human flesh. Do I believe that? How do I know it's God in human flesh? He was born of a virgin. Do I believe that? Do I believe that he is the word that was before anything else existed? And the written word that we have is a small part of that. Do I believe that he's the transcendent one? Do I believe that he really is the only way? Do I believe that he's the only way to eternal life? The, one of the things that Christianity gets picked on some, and, and it's not... Uh, it's not legitimate to just pick on Christianity about this, is that Christianity can be divisive because we say there's one way to God, that's Jesus Christ. And all the other religions, like Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever, is uh, they're all they're embracing. They all embrace, right? That's, that's what you hear, except there's no truth to that. I, I, I have stood in India where they are persecuting Christians. I have, I, I have seen that stuff happening. Our pastors have to be very careful as they walk through the city. They're not excluding anybody. But Hinduism says, we'll put you in jail if you don't believe the way we believe. People say, well, Buddhism is all-inclusive. It's embracing. Learn your history. Buddhism came from Hinduism. Buddha was a Hindu that didn't like the way the Hindus did the thing, the leaders of the Hindus, so he started his own thing. That's why Buddhism exists. The reality is, is every religious mentality has some divisiveness to it because somewhere there is somebody that's right and, and the way I would verbalize it, everybody else is wrong. There's somebody that's right because not everybody can be right. If you say, I believe it's purple and I believe it's green and I believe it's red, you can't all be right. So it comes down to this. Peace comes from Knowing Jesus Christ is in charge of your life. Peace on earth means I have the opportunity to have peace on this earth because that's what Jesus brought to me. But not everybody's going to choose that. There's been even times when I haven't chosen that. 
So that becomes the question is, do we believe, do I really believe that this baby is the difference? That this Savior is the difference? So why don't you stand with me? <clears throat> and we're going to pray. And then um, we're going to do the, uh, the cool thing of lighting the candles. I love this. Every year I love this. There's something about us all lighting the candles and doing the thing. There's something about that. I don't know. For me, it just it speaks Christmas. For you, it may speak. One year, a few years ago, uh, uh, like the first year I was here, we had a bunch of little kids, like two-year-olds up here, and we gave them all candles, and we lit all the candles. And all the parents were freaking out because the kids were doing this and sticking each other's hair, and I was like, this is a beautiful Christmas. It's great. Guys, here's, here's what I would like to suggest is that as we pray right now and we get ready to light the candles, if there's a lack of peace in your spirit, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my existence. I need you in my heart. I need you in my life. And he's the one who brings that peace. And it's real. It's not something that people just say. It's real. I know what it is to have peace, and I know what it is to not have peace, both. And it's real. Okay? Lord Jesus, we come before you. Lord, we are here tonight because we are acknowledging the fact that uh, you're the king, that you were the king in that manger. You were the king over Mary and Joseph. You were the king over those shepherds. You were the king over the wise men. You were the king over Herod. Jesus, you were the king. You're still the king today. We recognize that you are alive, and that you are the one that gives you give us so much. Lord, most importantly, you bring your peace into our existence. Peace into our mind that chases out the, the junk that we build up in there. Peace in our mind that chases away mentalities. Chases away depressions. Chases away guilt. And peace in our heart that we know that we feel your presence, that we feel what it means to be forgiven. We feel your love. We feel your connection. Jesus, we're amazed by that. So I pray for everyone in this room. Or if there's anybody here that just needs this, they need your peace, let them talk to you right now. Pull them in close to you. Let them, let them sense your presence. And Jesus, we ask you to be our Lord, our Savior, our God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Okay, so we've got our, our lighters, our people of lightingness, and uh, there, turn off the lights. Got to be the lights off or it doesn't work. look around everybody is it just me or does everybody look prettier don't you think that's what happens oh I don't have a candle do I I need a candle 
Do I look prettier? Okay, so I didn't tell Linda this ahead of time. We're going to put her on the spot. She's playing the song. Can we sing Silent Night? You can do this, right? You got this. Sure, if you want. Silent night. Holy night. All is gone. All is to do something a little different. I saw this as part of a festival um, in India, and I want us to try a version of this that I think is pretty cool. But uh, you can't blow out your own candle. You can't blow out your own candle. You have to tell somebody Merry Christmas, and then they blow out your candle. Gently, gently, kids, gently. Blow out the candle. Don't cover them all with wax. So you have to say some. You have to say Merry Christmas to somebody, and they blow out your candle. But don't. It can't be a family member. It can't be one of your family. You have to tell somebody Merry Christmas, and they blow out your candle. Okay, before you go, before you go, I want to pray one more time, and then you have to, I know, I hate saying this, you have to hug somebody, but not, but not me, anybody but me. So everybody bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for you, we thank you for you above everything, that Jesus, you're the everything. As we, as we open presents tonight, help us to remember that. As we get up in the morning and open presents, help us to remember that. As we're sitting around with family, help us to remember that. That even family is a representation of your connection with us. God, help us to remember you and put you first in all things. Bless us with you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. All right, you got to hug somebody.